Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is Legacy Heating and Air Game Day with Tim Growl and Vince D'Addario on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. Yes, yes, yes. Will your Fighting Irish be hot or cold or up and down against the seventh ranked Cincinnati Bears? The Irish look to establish some stability on their offense. No more cold, cold drives, and then a big play. You can get away with that with lesser teams, but not against a good team like Cincinnati. And Notre Dame looks to maintain their 26 home game winning streak dating back to the Georgia loss in 2017. There's a lot on the line for today's game. Should be cloudy at kickoff and just after 2.30 p.m. and then a possibility of some rain. Will the elements be any challenge? Probably not. But there's a lot of backstory lines to cover with the connections between the two schools, and we'll look into that. Which team can adapt to each other? We will be joined today by, from The Athletic, Pete Sampson, former Notre Dame players Robert Blanton, Mike Townsend. We'll talk recruiting with 24-7 Director of Recruiting Sports, Steve Wolfong, plus another Put Me In Coach segment with our former Notre Dame offensive lineman, John Dampier. So that's enough to get started. Let's bring the guy in that has all the football knowledge for us, for my duo here. Vince D'Addario. Good morning, Vince. What's going on, Tim? It's a, it's a great day for a football game. A little rain never hurt anybody. So uh, huge game for Notre Dame. No question about it. I mean, you you outlined it right there, Tim. This is the biggest game of the season. Uh, th- what happens today, starting at 2.30 or 2.41 or whenever it actually kicks off, is going to determine, is, is going to have a lot to say with how you know, this season ends up looking. I mean, if they if they can win this game, the chances of them, you know, going undefeated are really, really good. If they lose this game, you know, what does that do to this team? Um, it, it is going to be very, very interesting today for sure. Best team that they've played all year. So what are you looking at for the Irish today to be different from their 4-0 start? Well, you know, you want to see the offense um, – do a little bit more, right? So if you watch any of the Cincinnati game film from the uh, the beginning of this season, specifically, you know, I paid attention to the the Indiana game because that's the, you know, the power five team that, you know, I think would have given Cincinnati the biggest trouble. And they did. Uh, IU should have been up about 24 to nothing in that game. And uh, I think that Cincinnati has the ability to give up a little bit in the run game, but Notre Dame had three yards rushing last week. So can they capitalize on that potential flaw in the Cincinnati defense? I don't know. I think they need to in order to make this game what they need to make it. Um, and I also want to see want to see them get some other guys involved in different ways, right? Braden Lindsay, we've seen him run posts. We've seen him run fly routes. And we've seen him run comebacks. We haven't seen him do any kind of jet motion. We haven't seen him do any reverses. We haven't seen any screens with him. Uh, that's how he scores his touchdowns is all different ways. He had four touchdowns in 2019. One was a reverse. One was a jet. 
One was a screen and one was a post. Get him involved. So I'm hoping that they got a little bit we haven't seen yet. That's that's what I'm hoping for. So um do you think we continue the hot home? What what, do you, what does the home field advantage mean to you? I mean, you play, played it and everything. I mean, 26 in a row, is it overplayed or? No, not it's not overplayed at all. I mean, it, it means something to defend your home turf. I mean, and, and it's a familiarity situation. You're going to go stay in the same hotel on Friday night. You're, you're doing the same routine every day. When you go on the road, everything's different, right? And um, all of the, you know, most of the games are during the day. You know, the night games kind of switch things up a little bit, obviously, but most of the games at Notre Dame are during the day. So, you know, it, it's routine. It's all about routine. When you're an athlete, routine is so important. And when you can stay in the same routine, do the player walk, you know, you know, do all your pregame the same, it means something. And to defend your home turf like that, it absolutely means something. And that has to do with the crowd. That has to do with all of the above, right? And Notre Dame has done a really, really good job of that. And credit goes to Brian Kelly for uh, really instituting, you know, what it means to defend your home, your home, uh, your home field. Yeah, it was a good article in today's South Bend Tribune um, talking about just that with some of the players and stuff and how they've taken that to heart and uh, want to protect that. What was the game I saw last week where somebody tried to plant their flag, which we, I think Michigan State tried to do that in in uh, our field years ago. That no, I think they did. Yeah. Was it Texas A&M or Texas? Uh, one of those big games. Definitely um, wasn't Texas because they uh, haven't won. <laughs> with that new big coach and supposedly all those yeah. players. There's a bunch. Notre Dame's defense is ranking all over the place in different in different areas, um, and but the offense is is just the opposite. They're ranked <laughs> to the bottom of the list in in so many categories. So, typical, the lines are going to decide the game, or one other particular element. Well, if the <clears throat> not on both sides of the ball. Um, I mean, look, Notre Dame's offensive line has taken incremental steps forward. You know, in the first four games. They need to take a little bit more than an incremental step forward, I think, uh, in order to do what they want to do uh, offensively. But it's on the other side of the ball where I think the line play is going to be the most important. I mean, look, Notre Dame's defensive line was absolutely dominant against a really good Wisconsin offensive line. And if they can do that again, if they can continue that trend, if they can keep their mojo moving, um, they're going to be just fine. And that is what will decide the game is, is if, the defensive line can disrupt what Cincinnati wants to do offensively. Because Desmond Ritter, the quarterback, is really, really good, right? He's he's really good. You cannot let him beat you, so you need to keep him in the pocket. You need to make him be a downfield thrower. Uh, and if they can do that, and that kind of that starts up front, right? So if they can do that, if they can win that battle, then it's going to go a long way to uh, the 27th home victory for Notre Dame. Will uh, all these backstories? Anybody have either team have an advantage? by the coach exchange where Mike Denbrock was with Notre Dame. Now he's over there calling offense. Marcus Freeman was their defensive coordinator. Now he's our defensive coordinator. Mickens played for Cincinnati. Plus he was on Cincinnati's coaching staff too. Does anybody get any kind of advantage? I mean, yes and no. I, I would say, you know, uh, Freeman, his advantage comes from the fact that they're basically running the exact same defense that they ran when Freeman was there. And plus he knows the personnel right? Because he was just there last year. So he knows the offensive personnel. He knows the defensive personnel. I'm not necessarily think, you know, he's not gonna be able to steal plays or, you know, signals or any of that kind of thing, but he knows what guys do well and what guys don't do well, right? So 
it's more of a personnel thing. Mike Denbrock's been gone from Notre Dame too long to have any kind of insight into the Notre Dame's personnel. And obviously, mm-hmm. Brian Kelly has been gone way too long to have any kind of insight. So um, I, if, if there's an advantage, I guess it goes to Marcus Freeman because he was there most recently. Um, but other than that, it's just more of a passion, you know, don't want to get beat by my old team kind of thing on both sides. You got it. So um, let's get our first guest on here. And I apologize. I gave him the wrong number by one. Uh-oh. So that's we're staying up real late again and getting up early. So anyway, our next guest and our first guest uh, on game day on WSBT played college football at the University of Notre Dame. Obviously, was a captain, one of the captains on the Notre Dame 1973 National Championship team. He was a consensus All-American in 1973. And as a junior, he led the nation in interceptions with 10. So we want to talk about that because Notre Dame's on their interception roll right now. Good morning, Mike Townsend. Good morning, Tim. How are you today? I'm good. I am so sorry that I, I, I screwed that up. <laughs> no problem. I thought te- te- I had a technology problem. <laughs> yeah, technology can either bite you or be the best thing out there, right? Hey, before we get into talking some football, give us an update. What are you doing these days, Mike? I'm retired, Tim. Uh took retirement about two years ago from the pharmaceutical uh, business. Uh, I was in quality control, and I uh, was doing well at that. And uh, they didn't really want me to leave. They wanted me to day but uh uh as you know the you got to keep the you keep the wife happy you you have life happy so, uh, <laughs> i think vince and i would both say amen yeah absolutely <laughs> so do you so, uh, is this giving an opportunity to get out to more games or were you coming on a regular basis we were coming on a regular basis because we got some good friends right here in uh south Bend, better known as ida and perry watson and uh we found a real strong connection with them about mm, eight to nine years ago. And we've been coming back every year since. So, so you met them not when you were in your playing days, you met them when your, your fan days, your tailgating days. Right. Yeah. Actually it was, it was a connection. Uh, I, we were coming back with Ross Browner and his wife. And uh, when we got to meet them, and it was a great connection because Ross and I was coming back on a routine basis every year. And we would meet up in uh, different different places and stay. But um, we ended up was able to meet uh, Perry and Ida Watson, and we're able to uh, make a real strong connection. And we come back and stay with them and, and we visit with them throughout the year. and have conversations and Ross and I would all stay in good contact. We still do. Matter of fact, he was scheduled to come up here for uh, this weekend. And, uh, and the Bengals had a uh, uh, ring of honor. Oh, you're breaking up a little bit, Mike. Um, they had the um, ring of honor for all the, Super Bowl team members who returned to Cincinnati, Ohio. So they uh, um, had Ross stay for Ross this time. But, um, uh, hey, hey uh, Mike, you're getting a lot of electronic interference. So I'm not sure if you're a certain area that you can. Oh, he lost him. So we'll yeah. get him, we'll get him back. Of course, yeah. Ross has been on the show about every year that I've been around, and he's just a big lovable bear or whatever i think it was last year i mean he knows everybody in south Bend all these years too he keeps all those things 
think when we did the show um, outside a few years ago, there was a guy right by his grilling and he had a bunch of wings on the grill. And there you go. Kind of offered to me, but then he said, oh, no, I got to wait. Ross gets to eat first and he might eat all of them. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. Well, hold on here. Oh, Mike, I mute your mic if you see it. No, you're not even here. Well, sorry, folks. It's just a little technical problem right now. So Vincent, I'll we'll, we'll fill in the time till he uh, uh, gets gets back or whatever. So the running game is almost for Notre Dame embarrassing. Yeah, no uh, question. It's not because of the running backs. They've got the they've got, in my opinion, one of the best backfields in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you don't have holes to run through and, and things of that nature, it's going to be, it makes for a long afternoon. It makes for three yards rushing against a quality defense, right? So, absolutely. Um, you know, Notre Dame needs to figure mm-hmm. out alternative ways to run the football, uh, whether that's pushing the ball outside, jets, mm-hmm. um, you know, reverses, you know, all of those different things. You have to be creative, unfortunately, when you don't have an offensive line that is stacking up the way you want it to. And that's what I want to see from Tommy Reese. I want to see some of that creativity to get the ball in the hands of Chris Tyree and Kyron Williams. Chris Tyree had three touches last game, three offensive touches. And we know he's explosive. Look what he did in the kickoff return, right? Um, Mm -hmm. They need to get him in the ball a little bit more. So creativity on the offensive side is going to be really important today, I think. Do you look to see Buckner in more if we get off get off the start and we're not running very well? We seem to look him to. Well, it depends on how healthy he is. To be honest with you. Um, oh, I didn't know if you heard anything. They, they're saying that he's healthy, but that might of be course not. They right. are because they want uh, Cincinnati <laughs> prepared for three quarterbacks, <laughs> right? I mean, welcome uh, by our true coach there. Yeah, you know, it, and look, he was dressed last week, but he was unavailable. You know, so but they wanted to make sure that Wisconsin was, you know preparing for multiple quarterbacks as well so um it's gonna be you know regardless of the way the if he's available he's gonna play i mean even if the run game is doing well um he adds a spark to your your team regardless uh with his package and i think that that's important and i think you want to get him in the game in these big games i think you want to you know get him acclimated to a rowdy home crowd and a top 10 matchup. I I think that's fantastic for the future of Notre Dame. So if he's healthy and if if he's available, he'll definitely play. Here's somebody that uh, if he would, would you still like to get out there and play Mike? Oh, for sure. For sure. (laughs) I would love to uh, went to the uh, gathering we had last night in Chevelli lounge and some of the guys uh, had hadn't seen and, quite a while and we were able to connect and uh someone said you know you need to play because you look like you did back in 73 i said no not today (laughs) (laughs) this is but i would love to be able to play i think we have one great superstar in kyle hamilton as um as a free safety defensive back coordinated all wrapped up in one i've been rooting for him for since he arrived he he has some techniques and some styles and abilities to play that um, epitomize what a defensive backs could be. He's got range, he's got speed, he's tall, he's capable to cover any type of receiver, and, and, he, and he makes great tackles. 
Is it is it fun to watch guys like that who played, you know, at least the defensive backfield, right? Who played uh, somewhat your position? Is it fun to watch those guys kind of do their thing after uh, you know you played at such a high level? Oh, it is it is absolutely outstanding. I love watching his techniques and the, and his ability in the game where he he was on one third of the field and rolled away and and was able to intercept the ball before he went out of bounds on the other two thirds of the field just I darn near jumped out of my seat. I was like, I've been waiting for him to do that. <laughs> <laughs> was amazing. It's really fun to watch him. It, it really is. And he knows the game. He gets ahead of the game by watching films, videos and things of that nature. And uh and you can tell because he's every time it looks like they're out of balance as far as the defense for the eleven. He rebounds by being in the right spot in the right place. And uh, that takes a lot of watching videos and knowing the game and preparing for the game prior to playing the game. This is the Legacy Heating and Air Game Day show on 96 AMWSBT. We're talking with former Irish defensive back and 1973 consensus All-American Mike Townsend. Well, that kind of leads me to what you're talking about for interceptions. What I don't want to say a percentage of it, but what what makes it successful for interception? Is it technique? Is it scheme? Is it athletic ability, or just being in the right place at the right time? Uh, it's a combination of all of those. Yeah. Um, <laughs> preparation is is the biggest thing. Uh, watching the videos, being being on top, knowing their uh, repeatability on certain plays. Uh, what's the play they go to when they routinely need ten yards? on third down what's the play they would do if they need 25 yards on third down um and knowing those plays and their schemes as far as what did they run prior to that play and having the ability to read all that read the linemen because the lineman's going to tell you whether or not they're going to pass or not and you know they do the run pass option now with uh many plays but most of those with the run pass options are made for one or two players and uh, and they're able to do that well. It's kind of hard to read those because normally if you're playing at free safety, you're not guarding that person they throw into. But mm-hmm. if you're playing corner or say, or up on the line where you're guarding one of the three outs, uh, three uh, receivers on to one, one side or to the other side, you might be able to pick up on the play and you can get an interception. But most of his that I've noticed about him is his range in which he can take off from reading the quarterback and go to the ball and making the quarterback seem as though someone's open and then take off and go. That was one of the things I um, somewhat perfected. Uh, I can't say I perfected it to <laughs> outstanding race, but it makes you have a jump on the ball before the ball is actually released from the quarterback's hand. Do you have any uh, recollections of your favorite interception back when you were a junior and had 10? Oh, yeah, them three against uh, University of Southern Cal. There oh, yeah. There you go. And you said you had three in that game? <laughs> yes, I had three. Wow. Those were um, because the game was just going back and forth, back and forth until mm-hmm. the second half when Anthony Davis took that kickoff all the way back, and that's sort of like – stoves it for a while, but um, I didn't realize that Anthony had six touchdowns until the um, uh, announcers came in and said, you know, you um, you got defensive player of the game. And I said, oh, really? And I said, 
uh, while I was there, he said, you got three in a session. And I, it had to register because he, the interview was right after the game. And, uh, and, you know, and, and then he said, you know who got the offensive player of the game? I said, no. And he said, Anthony Davis. I said, what made him? Because I knew he had got two <laughs> touchdowns on kickoff. But he said he had six touchdowns. I said, oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> your, your three interceptions would normally be a headliner, but you got overshadowed by those six touchdowns. Right, right. It, it, was, <laughs> it was that kind of game. That's what, that's what I'm saying. That hey, kind Townsend, of game. Yeah, who, who was your position coach back in those days? Paul Schultz. Oh, that's right. uh, he had been there quite a while, and he had a technique and a style that was uh, – uh, he didn't give you a whole lot of uh, extras. He just straightforward, come at you, he, and he made you practice hard. He didn't give you a chance to mess up. He prepared you. I had to give you that much. He, he prepared you for each each week and each team and the type of receivers we uh, were going up against and made sure. I was also lucky to have a great uh, uh, defensive backfield. Luther Bradley had just, my mm-hmm. senior, Luther Bradley had just stepped in my senior year, but my junior year, Luther wasn't there. So, it, so a lot of it depended on uh, us being able to work as a group, right. tight, a tight group. But Luther relieved a lot of that by being able, when he came in as a freshman. And then we got a, a few other freshmen that made our defensive line. Ross Brown and bringing one of them, and, and uh, uh, Willie Fry was another. And mm-hmm. we blended in um, Steve Niehaus. Always patted those guys on the back every play. Because <laughs> there, there were some games that I played, and I don't even think my jersey got dirty. Oh, really? Because the, yeah. the up front guys were taking care of business? Those yeah. guys was taking care of business. And uh, I remember one game, I think it was Rice. We played, and uh, they had put out some uh, some information about our defense and how slow we were, hmm. and that and that we couldn't stay with their receivers, and that the running backs was going to run through our defensive line. And I don't know if you guys remember that game or anything, or you have them study up on it. But uh, uh, Rice, uh, we beat them forty-four to nothing, and they got. They got past the uh, 50-yard line one time, and that was that was in the third quarter, and uh, that was because we muffed the punt. <laughs> you, you bring Arrow, up... Go ahead, go ahead, Terrell, <laughs> please, please. Uh, Arrow had gave us some uh, marching orders, and and Arrow was great at uh, pregame talks. They weren't long, very definitive right to the point, and Eric spoke for three minutes prior to the game. And uh, that's all he said about Rice. And I'm not going to bring all the information up on but that's a story to be told at another time. <laughs> <laughs> In that three minutes, he had us all so excited. That's why Rice didn't get past the 50-yard line the whole first half. You, you bring up a really good point because it, it ties right into this week. And, uh, you know, you guys had a really good defense – you know, Notre Dame has a really good defense. And this week, Cincinnati has kind of started talking about how they're going to do some things to this defense and quiet the crowd and all of that. So, you know, bulletin board material, right? So right, right. 
how does that affect you guys when you start hearing the other team kind of chirping away, you know, uh, pregame and and uh, the week leading up to? Does that does that have anything to do with you guys? You guys get affected by that? Oh yes, you you definitely do because uh, from the standpoint of from the standpoint of preparation, that's part of the pre- preparation. Reading about and and with social media now, it's far it's far worse than it was back in in, oh, yeah. in the seventy three seventy four because you know you, you can get real personal now with um, with the um, media thing as compared. But in our, our day, uh, the coaches always had a way with the managers where they would uh, seek out papers, uh, newspapers from the various cities and, and associated with the um, uh, the team we were playing. Cut out those articles repost those articles on each and every one of the defensive players um lockers so therefore you could see it they would highlight the various things that player <laughs> a b c said um and then there was you know the overall consensus of what the coaches thought we needed to hear and, and they put that information out and they said this about you all um the rice game was the biggest thing was they said, like, like, like I repeated earlier, was that we were overweight, out, uh, out of shape, wasn't fast enough, could not even handle their receivers, could, could not even tackle their running backs, and 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 Aaron just pounded that in when, when he did his uh, pregame speech. And that kind of, you know, drove the defense because we were, we were known as playing a pretty good defense Prior to going to play play Rice, we had played Pittsburgh that year, and we had ran up against Tony Dorsett. And Tony Dorsett, at the time that year, was averaging 220 yards a game himself. The offense was that. The offense had it all. And uh, Tony ended up getting, uh, I think he got 198, maybe 200 yards against us, but it was between the 20s. He didn't score any touchdowns. So we, we knew we had a good defense to just uh, uh, preparation prior to whatever team we played and, and being able to go out to uh, uh, to execute that defense that was uh, called on by all the coaches. Hey, Mike Townsend, time goes fast. Uh, later in the season, I'll call you back because we got other areas to cover that our technical issues kind of got you behind. I apologize again for that. So you no go problem. have a great day and, and root the Irish on to a victory. Okay, it will do. Thanks, gentlemen, and uh, you have a great day, and hopefully we'll come on with a win. Go Irish. It's always yeah, a good day go. when somebody calls me a gentleman, so I'll take it, Mike. <laughs> hey, we'll be, right, okay. we'll be right back on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT with Pete Sampson from The Athletic. This is Legacy Heating and Air Game Day with Tim Grell and Vince D'Addario on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. Indeed, this is the Legacy Heating and Air Game Day Show. Legacy Heating and Air, your cooling and clean air specialist. Find them online at LegacyHeatingAndAirInc.com. Other participating sponsors include Edward Jones making sense of investing. Contact Mary Babe in South Bend or Kimberly Thibodeau in South Bend. Fisher's Barbecue and Catering. 213 East McKinley Avenue in Mishawaka for drive-thru, carry-out, or catering. Just look for the smoke. Four Winds Casino, your entertainment escape. Key Bank, earn up to 2% cash back on purchases with your Key Cashback credit card. Key Bank opens doors. For more info, visit key.com slash cashback. Key Bank is a member of FDIC. 
Mimo's Pizza on Edison and Mishawaka. If you like pizza, you'll love Mimo's. Manja Manja. Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill. Authentic Mexicans serve fresh daily at McKinley and Division in Mishawaka. MontereyMexican.com. South Bend Orthopedics Team Physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949. Wings Etc. Grill and Pub with 14 area locations. Stop in today or order online to go and go to .wingsetc.com. Orthopedic OSMC, providing orthopedic care to Michiana since 1973. Salsa's Mexican Grill. Man, I'm getting hungry by now. Share good times and great football this season at Salsa's Mexican Grill. Imperial Furniture in Dewajak, where furniture shopping is fun. Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Sherwood Tire. Barnaby's of Mishawakan Granger. Lozier. Launch your career at Lozier's. Apply today. Live at Lozier.com. Let Leichner Door. Martin Supermarkets. Pet Refuge. In Rug Company Studio and Gift Shop. Tim Growl State Farm Insurance. Zoldman's Best One Tire and Auto Care. And Auto Value Parts, your local Auto Value Parts store where service is a difference. We get it. And we're back on WSBT's Game Day Show. So after reading all that, I'm hungry. I want to go shopping. I need to buy some furniture. Man, I don't know. I can do some banking too. But in any case, hey, a longtime friend of the show. We were just talking off air maybe, you know, 10, 12 years ago or whatever. He's with The Athletic, and that would be Pete Sampson. Good morning, Pete. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to be with you again. No, no problem. We're glad to have you. So we're going to pick your brain. I always tell people, with, like with Vince Witter, I'm not the football guy. I'm the, I'm the regular fan that just tries to ask fan questions and stuff like that. I'm not an X and O's guy or anything like that. But give me your broad, and then we'll dig down some broad take on this year's team as of this morning. As of this morning, um, and I think probably as of the start of the fourth quarter last week, right? Like There you go. That's, that's, that's where I felt like this year's team sort of had some – like attitude, attitude and connection, connection to like the previous three years. And like the team had, there was so much turnover that I wasn't sure that like the home winning streak, beating unranked teams, like the ability to sort of like know that you're going to pull it out in the fourth quarter. I didn't know if that was going to carry over from one year to the next, but I think that's really what Notre Dame probably got out of Wisconsin, or at least what I thought they got out of the Wisconsin game was like, all right, what worked the previous three years and sort of that attitude and mental toughness, like, that's carried over, even though the roster has turned over so much. So that was, I thought that was the big takeaway for me last weekend. Did we all just get too excited? And we thought Marcus Freeman's defense was just going to take over at the first game and it's just <laughs> taken them a while. I mean, they talk about, and I will use words like, since I've learned them from Vince stuff, gap integrity and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. and to me, from just looking, it looked like they were running too fast and they were going by guys and trying to arm tackle them as they were running by. There, I mean, there's definitely a lot of that in the first couple of weeks. And I talked to Drew White about that because like, you know, people, the, you talk to the players and they're like, you know, we need to be more consistent. Well, like, well, what does that mean? Like, give, give me something concrete there. Mm -hmm. And he said, like, you know, we could defend, um, you know, a, a outside zone run play completely differently from last year, uh, where, you know, maybe last year my job is to, like, plug the B gap. Um, this year my job may be to, like, have backside contain. And if you just – have to think about that for a half second. Like, okay, what am I doing? All right. Um, that's too much. Like that's too much time. And like against Wisconsin, against Florida state, against even against Toledo, like right. that split second is too much time. So it's, I think they sort of flushed that a little bit the last couple of weeks. I do think Marcus has figured out, all right, I can ask player X to do job Y. Um, whereas at the beginning of the season, 
there was almost like sort of a game day tryout vibe mm -hmm. about some of the players. Like, let's just go out and see if he can do this. Well, now they know who can do what and who can't. Uh, and I think they're sort of figuring out, okay, but we can maximize what we have, but we can also, now we know what things we need to hide. We know what things players can't do, so we're not going to ask them to do them anymore. Vince? Yeah, Pete, uh, speaking of what players can and can't do, we, we were obviously at practice a few times in the fall, and Maris Lufau just looked, you know, unworldly. And then, of yeah. course, he goes down, and it, it felt devastating at the time. But <laughs> talk to me a little bit about what we've seen from J.D. Bertrand and how he's – I don't want to say he's made us forget about Maris because they're different players, but uh, just kind of the rise of J.D. Bertrand and what he's been able to do. Yeah, Bertrand, I mean, I think – you know, we were both out there, and if you said, like, give me your top 10 players that improved the most from August 1st to August 31st, Leofau would have been on the list, but Bertrand would have been too. Um, but I think what makes Bertrand unique to me, at least, is, like, his ability, his diagnostic ability to see what's in front of him and then hit it is really at a high level. And, I mean, I sort of go back to his, geez, it was his senior year in high school. He wasn't an early enrollee, um, but, you know, he signs with Notre Dame late. And he was going to come up to Notre Dame for his senior year spring break just to watch practice and learn the playbook. Like some serious like nerd activity, um, football nerd activity. Because like that's not what you're supposed to be doing your senior year of high school for spring break. Um, but he just he loves that part of the game. And not like not everyone. I mean, you know this, like not everyone prepares like that. Um, right. But I think right. you, you sort of see the benefits like how quick he hits stuff on Saturdays. It's because what he's doing on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. This is Game Day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We're having a, a football conversation with Pete Sampson from The Athletic. Um, what kind of growth have you seen in the, our wide, wide receivers and the combination that we have? It's, I feel like the wide receiver position has sort of been mixed to me. Um, I, they, in camp, I was more optimistic about where they were going than I was when camp started. I think that they've been a little bit up and down during the season. Like today for Kevin Austin is, is a real money game, especially if he gets matched up against Sauce Gardner, who is Cincinnati's All-American corner. Mm. Um, that's the kind of matchup Austin needs to win if he's going to be a next-level type of player, or at least go back and forth with. So I think you know Austin has been good, right? That, that's not good all the time, but good when he's on. Um, I think the other guys have been a little bit more serviceable. I thought that Braden Lindsay would, would maybe deliver more than what he has based on what we saw in August. But um, it's, I mean, it's a talented group. There's, there's more, but I feel like there's more for them to hit this fall than, than they have so far. Vince and I were talking earlier in the show. Um, if that run game gets stymied again, will that mean if he's healthy, as Vince pointed out, Buckner will be in for more series? I hope so. Uh, man, the, the quarterback position, I asked Brian Kelly this on Monday. It's like, if you have an offensive line that is struggling to protect uh, and a quarterback who's struggling to, like, read things out, like, are you better off putting in the mobile guy? And he's like, yeah, I mean, I get like, I get what you're saying, but he felt like the quarterback position with Cone just needed to identify what was coming better than he has. But I... I wouldn't be surprised if they played all three today, uh, which is like sort of quintessential Brian Kelly, um, <laughs> because Cohn is not going to be 100% healthy. Uh, Pine did some good things last week. The staff, I think, is really hungry to get Buckner more work. Um, so it, that may lead them to, to getting all three in the game, assuming Cohn is, is good enough to play. 
Vince was talking to Mike Townsend a little while ago about bullet board material that Cincinnati has given them. Since you go there and talk to a lot of players and stuff like that, have you heard them talking about bullet board material? Not really. I mean, I know Desmond Ritter talked about how you know, the stadium won't be loud for that long. I don't. I, don't, I, I think I, when I hopped on, Mike Townsend was talking a little bit about social media and just like how connected everything is. I, I think players are a little bit more numb to that kind of stuff now, um, where it has to be so out there, like in your face, that that would maybe register with them. But I mean, for me, this one is. Marcus Freeman leaving Cincinnati to come to Notre Dame, like, like that's the bulletin board material in the game. Because I, you know, it's not Brian Kelly and his his path from Cincinnati. I think it has much more to do with like the players in Cincinnati feeling like Marcus Freeman sort of left them um, to triple a salary for sure. But like you know, these these are college kids, and I, I think that to me, if there's like an intangible bulletin board, that's that's probably it. Is Cincinnati's defensive players feeling like. They want to show something to Marcus Freeman. Pete, I'm going to Pete, steal a uh, question from, from earlier. And I, I want to ask, I want to ask you, all of the, the storylines story from, from, you know, Cincinnati, you know, Cincinnati, Cincinnati to Notre Dame, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, is that, is that more for us? Or, or do you think that that's going to affect the team at all? I, you know, I, I, I feel I like feel the Freeman, Freeman one will, will, will have some impact on today. But everything, but everything else won't. Like, like the fact that, that Cincinnati, Cincinnati fans dislike Brian, Brian Kelly 12, 12 years after he left, left, to me, to that me, doesn't that have a whole lot to do with like what happens. happens. Maybe it will make the, the fan base a little rowdier, um, but like that doesn't have anything to do with the game. Um, like Mike Mickens, Mike Denbrock, I don't think that has anything to do with the game. Um, it's really, to me, just the, the Freeman storyline because like, you know, we've been around him here, right? You see what a magnetic personality he is. He's e- he's an easy guy to follow and believe in and, like, sort of trust. And so I think for a lot of Cincinnati players, that it hurt when he left. Um, like, I, I think Luke Fickle gets it. Like, he's not bitter. I, I talked to Luke Fickle about Marcus for a story this week, and, like, you know, there's no animosity there that he left. But I think for the players being, you know, late teenagers, early 20s who – came to Cincinnati to play for Marcus Freeman because he's such a good recruiter. There may be a little bit of bitterness there. Hey, Pete, so I don't know. Are you a score predictor? Uh, Yeah, not a good one, but I like – I, 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 think I think Notre Dame, Dame will just, just edge it today. today. Um, I think I predict 24-23. I, I would not, would be, not shocked be shocked if Cincinnati, Cincinnati won the game, game by any stretch. But um, I think I Cincinnati, Cincinnati is a much more balanced team than Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Like, they have, they have talent on both sides of the ball. Like, Wisconsin, after, after watching the game, game felt like we were watching half, half a team. team. Like, like mm-hmm. elite defense and, and terrible, terrible offense. offense. Like, like, Cincinnati, Cincinnati has, has a really good quarterback play. Their running back is a transfer from Alabama. The receivers are good. Uh, um, and, then and then they've got, got you know, an elite, elite defensive end, end really good defensive, defensive back play. Back play. Um, um, so, so I, I, I think it's going to be a real challenge for It should be a great game. Well, you have good luck with that. Tell us how to get more information with The Athletic. Yep. Uh, so, so you can check, check out theathletic.com. The um, it's a subscription website. New subscribers, I believe, we're running a promotion where you get 50% off in the first year. So that's like $35 for your first year. We cover, we cover obviously, obviously Notre Dame, Dame with me, but like, like all of college, college football, pro, uh, college, college sports, sports across the board. board. Um, so so it's, it's, there's a lot of good stuff there. Ad free platform. platform. Uh, it's, it's all subscriber based. So yeah, you can come check us out at theathletic.com. 
Great. We appreciate you taking the time today. I'll catch up with you maybe later in the season. I want to get your views on NIL and a number of other things. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, All right. Go Thanks, Irish. Vince. That Thanks, was Pete Sampson from The Athletic. We'll be right back on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT with former Notre Dame offensive lineman John Dampier in our Put Me In Coach segment. This is Legacy Heating and Air Game Day with Tim Growl and Vince D'Addario on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. Indeed, this is Legacy Heating and Air Game Day Show. Legacy Heating and Air, your cooling and clean air specialist. Find them online at LegacyHeatingAndAirInc.com. Brought to you by Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Contact Ryan Hale in South Bend, Leo Premer in South Bend, Jerry Hunt in South Bend, or Jim Hipsman in Mishawaka. And Key Bank. Key Bank, open a Key Smart checking account today. Key Bank opens doors. For more info, visit key.com. Key Bank is a member FDIC. And the game day show goes spinning along. And let's start our Put Me In Coach segment. And joining us today is a former Notre Dame player, team captain, offensive line standout, John Dampier. Good morning, John. Hey, how you doing, Tim? I'm doing good. Thank you for coming on, as usual. You're one of those every year, got to have you in on the show. And we so appreciate you taking the time. So, John, we're going to, this segment, we're going to put you back in at your own line position and remind me, were you a guard or a tackle? Well, I... I came up here as a guard and then switched to tackle uh, uh, when I first started playing. So I, I did both. So Okay. So if we put you in either one of those positions, what can you do to help the offensive line grow, do better, any of the above? Well, there's a couple of things. And I listened to Mike in the last segment, and he said, well, you could read the linemen to know whether they're going to run and pass. And that's one of the things you need to make sure those defensive backs can't read whether you're going to run or pass. So you start with a stance that has to look exactly the same, whether you're running the ball or, or passing the ball. So you have to start there. But I think the key to offensive line play is to, you know, you've got to work together. And that's what's so hard when you graduate as many good players as we did to, uh, to have a situation like we did. So that usually what you wanted to do is, is bring in only one or two new players every year and they, and the older guys will help them with the technique. And we don't have that luxury this year. You know, we had two, we had three players drafted in the first three rounds out of the offensive line. So we're, we have a lot of young players and then injuries on top of that. So we have tough situation. I always took advantage of my quickness. I was always a little bit undersized and you have to know exactly what you're going to do. It's been 50 years, Tim, and I still can remember my first blocking assignment. You know, really? it was called through or around for one. So as, as, as a guard, you had to, to get the middle linebacker and you either had to go through and get him if he was there, or you had to step around the offensive tackle and get him. So it's, it's it's one of those things where you have to know exactly what you're doing, and uh, um, it's 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 hard to do. And that, it's, other than quarterback, the offensive line position takes the longest to develop. They're just it's just a lot of subtleties uh, going there. The yeah, other think, thing you have to yeah, do, but, the other thing you have to do, Tim, is, is when you go up to the line of scrimmage, you you have to be reading the defense and anticipate what what 
the call is out of the quarterback. We never went up to the line of scrimmage without at least six options that we could have run. So if the defense makes a mistake, the quarterback is going to put them in a tough position. And as the offensive lineman, you've got to anticipate that the quarterback's going to make the right call. I got a little frustrated in one of the earlier games where, where the defense had eight players in the box and they still tried to run the ball between the tackles. And you can't do that. No. Um, and so you, you've got to be able to, to read uh, the defense and, and, and take advantage of that. So, but I'm like everybody else. I mean, you've, it's, it's frustrating when you're four games in and you're averaging less than 80 yards a game because you've got to have some balance. Uh, there's just lots of reasons to do that. So that's kind of where we are. Vince, got one minute. Uh, obviously, uh, I guess this is going to be a quick answer then. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the, lines are, the, the line's under scrutiny, obviously. For you, when you were playing, did you feel like it was more – uh aggression and you know firing off the ball and things like that or was it more technique or is it a little 50 50 of each no no it, it's 50 50 that that's exactly right but it it is you, the, the offensive line has got to be in the position uh where they have the confidence if it's a third and one play you know that you can get that yard and, and i don't think we've got that right now so you know and you've got to be able to, to run the ball so you can put a put the other team out, take time off the clock. And so we're not in that position right now. So it's a terrible situation because if you throw an incompletion, it stops the clock. Whereas if you're running the ball, it just, you can, you can just run the clock out. As as soon as you have a 10 point lead, you know, the game's over because you're going to be able to take six or seven minutes off the clock. And I don't think anybody felt comfortable last week with five minutes to go and our, our 10 point lead. I mean, that game was not, put away until those turnovers good points you made all the way i wish we had a little more time but we had a little technical issue in the beginning of the show so put us a little behind john thank you so much for coming on the last minute great insight into that and i know i kind of say it to everybody so far this year but we'll get you back later on this season when we got a little more time okay thanks tim See you. Thanks. thanks john We'll be right back on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This is Legacy Heating and Air Game Day with Tim Growl and Vince D'Addario on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. And we are indeed back on game day. It's going to be a beautiful day for those of you that are going to the game or just doing tailgating until the rain comes in. So grab that poncho, you know, and uh, be prepared. But uh, right now it looks really nice outside and... uh, Hey, Matt, what's the temperature in the studio right now? I just. I okay. think but we're it's, right it's now. 64 uh, degrees. Yeah, well, I think Matt, it's actually so, maybe right. the same you're temperature the, it is here the that move, it is man. supposed to yeah, say you know, got, you uh, the situation outside right now. But uh, that's just me. But they're in the 60s right now. But again, like we said, uh, rain, you got to be prepared for that. But also, if there is issues possibly with storms, again, if you are going to the game, just listen to the public address, Chris Hackles and all them, and follow those directions. Uh, because obviously, you want to enjoy the game, but you also want to be safe as well. You got it. Thanks, Matt. Looks cloudy where you're at, Vince. Yeah, it's a little overcast, nice little breeze. But uh, if you're playing football, it's absolutely perfect weather. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. The radar, everything's south at the moment. And uh, I think if we get it during the game, it's going to be light. So that, that's my you got it. Professional, un- unprofessional opinion. We'll be right back after a short break for the second hour of the Legacy Heating Air Game Day Show. 
We will have a discussion on recruiting with Director of Recruiting for 24-7 Sports, Steve Wilfong. Plus, we'll catch up with the keys of the keys, key bank keys of the game, excuse me. And all that is on your home for Fighting Irish Football, Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT, or via the WSBT Radio app, or streamed at WSBTradio.com. Go Irish! This is Legacy Heating and Air Game Day with Tim Growl and Vince D'Addario on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. Baby, if you've ever wondered, wondered whatever became of me, I'm living on the air in Cincinnati, Cincinnati WKRP. All right, well, that's the only song I could find with Cincinnati in it. So a salute to the visiting team today, the number seventh uh, ranked team coming in to face our number nine ranked team. Matt Embry's back in the studio producing. Thanks, Matt. Vince is out in the grounds, out on a Marion soccer field. But we are less than four hours from kickoff right here on WSBT. Stay right here because immediately following game day at 11 a.m. will be game day sports beat with Darren Pritchard and Sean Steyer. That will lead into the network pregame show and then kickoff at just after 2.30 p.m. And don't forget, your coverage is not over when the game ends. After the game, join Sean Sires and Evan Sharpley for a review of the game, plus all the stats and interviews on the official Notre Dame postgame show. All of that right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. So first hour goes really fast. Vince, any any comments as we lead into our next guest yeah it's almost like i wish we had a three-hour show because i think we could have talked to those guys for a long time absolutely absolutely well let's get started on him everybody knows him and uh through websites through interviews like ours and we're going to pick his brain he is the director of recruiting for 24 7 sports and we welcome in are you are you did i see just lose you nope no, he's, he's there. there steve wilfong sorry Sorry about that. Hey, Steve, how's it going? Guys, going great. Thanks for having me on in my hometown. Love being on in South Bend. An exciting day there with the top 10 matchup with the Bearcats coming to town. I wish I was up there. I wish I was tailgating with old friends. I wish I was getting Rocco's pizza after the game. Maybe a couple nightcaps at Corby's. I wish that was my night. But I'm going to be chasing around all these recruits that are visiting these schools. There's five stars visiting four campuses this year flock or this weekend flocking to four campuses and Notre Dame's one of them big recruiting weekend for Brian Kelly and the Irish now before we jump into you know Notre Dame and recruiting and all that I mean the most important thing that you left off the resume Tim is that he's a Riley grad he's South Bend Riley grad that's important wave the flag wave the flag wave it baby I I figured as a clay graduate that I am that you guys would do that rocking and rolling together do (laughs) some on-air fist bumps that's right absolutely Hey, Vince, what do you, you go ahead? You're the football guy. Go ahead. Shoot the first question at Steve. He's ready. All right. All right, Steve. So obviously you mentioned it. This is a big time recruiting weekend for Notre Dame. It it, it appears that it's more of a 2023 uh, recruiting day, obviously. And there's some obviously some interesting guys on campus. Why don't you go through, you know, some names that uh, our listeners may know and then maybe some names that they don't know that Notre Dame's got their eye on. Well, the reason why it's a big recruiting weekend in 2023 is because Notre Dame has done a lot of the heavy lifting in 2022 already. They have the number two recruiting class in the country right now per 24-7 sports. 
So Notre Dame capitalizing on two playoff berths in the last three seasons. And I think they've had about 17 players drafted in the NFL draft over the last two years. So Notre Dame producing uh, on the field and then obviously sending guys to the next level. And it's paying off on the recruiting trail. Notre Dame's at number three early in the 2023 cycle. And a lot of big time juniors are expected in South Bend today. Like I said, five star central. Uh, uh, I got uh, four of them right now. Uh, expected at Notre Dame today in the 2023 class. Samuel Mpemba is a six foot four, six foot five, 225, 230 pound specimen from St. Louis, who's playing his high school football down in Florida at IMG Academy. He could project a tight end. He could project uh, as a defensive end on the next level. And Notre Dame's a school that's been in the middle of this one for, for the beginning of his process. One of the most pivotal recruits on campus Today is Dante Moore out of Detroit King. He visited Notre Dame in the summer and had an excellent trip returning for a game. I think Notre Dame's near the top of Dante Moore's list, uh, a five-star passer, one of the more talented quarterbacks in the country. Uh, um, Notre Dame's in early for him. Sonny Styles is, is arguably the top overall prospect in America, in, in my opinion. He's a five-star safety. Uh, perhaps he grows into a linebacker. He is a freak athlete. He will remind you of Isaiah Simmons, uh, um, who who uh, starred at Clemson a couple years ago with his size. He's six foot four, six foot five, with tremendous length. Uh, um, and and uh, he's got Notre Dame near the top of his list. His older brother Lorenzo is a true freshman receiver, number twenty-one uh, for the Irish, and. Uh, um, you know, he just put out his top five this week, and Notre Dame was one of the schools to make the cut. And then over there from Maryville, uh, Andre and High is linebacker Drake Bowen, who's been to Notre Dame a handful of times already, has built a great report with defensive coordinator, linebackers coach Marcus Freeman, and, and Notre Dame's near the top of his list alongside the likes of Clemson and, and Auburn in Indiana. He's got a top five Notre Dame's in there. A couple other pivotal names, a couple other touted guys that are going to be at Notre Dame. Carnell Tate, he's arguably the top receiver in the country. Notre Dame's going toe-to-toe with Ohio State, among others, for Carnell Tate. He's also at IMG Academy, but he's a Chicagoland native. And uh, uh, him and Dante Moore have also uh, formed a bit of a connection as they become buddies with other blue chippers in this class. So I think the idea of those two maybe playing college football together is exciting to them, although they're obviously going to do their own thing. It doesn't hurt that they have a school in common in Notre Dame. Luke Montgomery's an excellent two-way lineman out of the state of Ohio, a top 100 recruit who's got Notre Dame, Ohio State, Penn State, Oklahoma, Clemson is some of the schools he's looking hardest at. Most schools like him as an offensive lineman, Notre Dame loves him as a defensive lineman. And my, how about Mike Elston's track record at the position? He's got almost as many guys in the NFL on the defensive front as any coach right now. So Mike Elston doing a terrific job. And that's speaking to guys like Luke Montgomery, who I think Notre Dame's near the top of the list for. And then Malik Muhammad is a cornerback uh, prospect from the Lone Star State uh, who's making a return visit to Notre Dame after visiting in the summer. I also think Notre Dame is near the top for him with Marcus Freeman, Mike Mickens, and, and Chris O'Leary and company leading the charge there. And then the last guy I'm going to headline, and I could go all day, Notre Dame's top offensive tackle target in the class, Monroe Freeling out of the state of South Carolina. He's coming up. He was he was in South Bend this summer. He I, I interview a lot of prospects. 
I don't think a prospect was more blown away by Notre Dame than Monroe Freeling and all these guys like Notre Dame a ton. But he just, I, I feel he had goosebumps as he was getting on the plane at South Bend International Airport to fly back home after his visit uh, to Notre Dame the first time. Uh, uh, he loves it. You know, Notre Dame's recruiting against Clemson, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, to name a few, but. He's excited to get back for a game day, a top 10 battle. I think he's going to leave South Bend with goosebumps again with the kind of atmosphere <laughs> I expect at Notre Dame Stadium today. Uh, that's we're great talking. stuff, Steve. We're, yeah, we're talking with Steve Wilfong at 24-7 Sports, and uh, he just went down the entire list of the 23 guys that are going to be – well, probably not even the entire list. Just I think in record names. time, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I, I got to ask you, there is a – uh, a five-star 22 quarterback who's from Louisiana. He's uh, committed to LSU, but he's coming up to Notre Dame on his own dime. It's not an official visit. It's an unofficial visit. Uh, number one, how in the world is this happening? And number two, does this affect the recruitment of Dante Moore, who's the 23 quarterback that everybody's so high on? Well, uh, I'll answer your first question first. Uh, according to Irish Illustrated Insider Tom Loy, uh, Notre Dame offensive coordinator Tom Reese has maintained regular contact with Walker Howard. And Notre Dame was in the mix for Walker Howard pretty early. He's an LSU legacy, committed to the Tigers. Um, I want to say he committed to LSU. He was one of the first quarterbacks off the board back in June of, of 2020. So he's been in the fold for LSU for a long time. But as, as according to Loy, uh, maintain dialogue with Notre Dame. And I talked to some people with knowledge uh, of this recruitment this week. I, I mean, they're going to come up and obviously see a top 10 battle. Um, Notre Dame is a school that the communication is there, but he's going to, he's expected to fly back and be at LSU tonight for LSU's night game against Auburn. So how about that? Oh, Saturday wow. Walker Howard, who's, who's, who's having a more fun Saturday then Walker Howard getting to see Notre Dame in Cincinnati with touchdown Jesus overlooking him in <laughs> South Bend. And then he gets to get on a jet and fly back to Baton Rouge and see Duck Valley at night when they bring in Auburn to town. He's going to have a fun Saturday. The thing with Walker Howard that will be interesting for me uh, in, in recruiting, you can, you can never pin it down and say these are the certainties. But for me, I think it's will he come back for an official visit and, and get a chance to really sit down with the staff and – and, uh, um, you know, really see Notre Dame. Who knows? Maybe he's already been on campus for a few hours today and, and uh, uh, knocks, knocks some of that stuff out already. But he's expected back at LSU. He's been at every LSU home game this year, been committed for a long time, one of their lead recruiters. But any time a kid takes a visit to another school, I never rule them out. And, and so Notre Dame, when you're trying to win a national championship – Notre Dame's trying to fin find one or two more wins at, at the end of the season. Quarterback, obviously the most important position on the field. And, and when you look at the teams that have been winning the national championship over the last few years, they've all had first-round draft picks at quarterback. Walker Howard's a guy that we kind of project in that range, and he's a guy that if he's showing interest, you go all in on Walker Howard. Tim Grau, Vince Adario with the Director of Recruiting at 24-7 Sports. Steve Wolfong here on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. So I think everybody agreed for Notre Dame to play out, for lack of something else. With the big boys, they needed to get more top recruits. What's happened in the Notre Dame recruiting process that seems to be producing that higher recruit status? Well, Notre Dame is already playing with the big boys. They've been to two college football playoffs over the last three years. The NFL draft tells you that this football team – 
is extremely talented. And I think Notre Dame's track record of player development from their strength coach to just their coaching staff in general is one of the best in college football. And I know people are going to say, well, they played Alabama and they got smoked last year. Well, that Alabama team was pretty legendary when you look at the elite talent that they had uh, on that football team. I think that if you would take that Notre Dame football team last year and stick it into the mix this year, you know, it, who knows what would happen. It would be a team certainly good enough to, to win a national championship. And we'll see how this Notre Dame team continues to come together uh, with the challenge that they have today as they try and be their best finished product come December. But if, you, if you're asking me to split hairs or, or uh, point to an area where I think Notre Dame could recruit a little bit better to win a national championship, I think it's at the quarterback position. Again, you, you look at Joe Burrow, national champion, first-round pick, Trevor Lawrence, national champion, been to the playoff three times, first-round pick, Justin Fields to the college football playoff, first-round pick, Mac Jones, national champion, first-round pick. Uh, uh, it all goes hand-in-hand, hand, and those guys are playing. To attack of Aloha, those guys are NFL starting quarterbacks. And so Notre Dame, they got to find a way to really upgrade that position room. You know, Ian Book was a really good player, but they need to have terrific players year in and year out at that position. And you know, they're, they have Steve Angeli committed from New Jersey, who's a guy that they were invested on early. They're still uh, uh, swinging at Walker Howard here. Dante Moore would be a pivotal recruit moving forward. But I think that Notre Dame's got to find a way to elevate their quarterback recruiting to be more consistent in the in that we legitimately think they can win the national championship. But my guys, people ask me all the time, what's wrong with Notre Dame's recruiting? (laughs) They've been in the college football playoff two of the last three years. They've won over 10 games, four or five years in a row. I think that Notre Dame recruiting is, is, is very much a okay. They got a lot of good players on this football team right now. A lot of, a lot of future draft picks as well. So uh, I think you're, people don't really realize they're asking you to split hairs. And for me, it's kind of starts at the quarterback position. Has Brian Kelly been more involved in this last year in the recruiting that you've seen? Well, I think that he's one of the best living room guys in college football. He's been at Notre Dame so long. Notre Dame's all-time wins leader now. He knows how to sell Notre Dame to to prospects and, and hit on all the high points and all of his messages to make make kids feel comfortable with Notre Dame. And again, Notre Dame's at number two right now in in our recruiting rankings. They had a top 10 class last year. They're at number three um, in in this 2023 cycle with all these elite guys visiting that haven't even committed yet. I think Notre Dame will land at least a few of these guys uh, that are visiting this weekend. And, And so I think that, you know, Brian Kelly's role as a closer he, you know, he, he does as good a job as anybody at helping close recruits. This is a Legacy Heating Air Game News show with 24-7 Director of Recruiting, Steve Wolfong. Steve, who on the current team, current roster has surprised you from where they came when they got recruited in as freshmen? All right. So I have to kind of scroll the roster. You know, <laughs> I, think, I think if you look at a guy like J.D. Bertrand, you know, he's a guy that Notre Dame actually got to walk on. Uh, as a preferred walk-on, if I remember correctly. And I don't know if this, if he's already had a scholarship kick in or whatnot. Now, we had him as a four-star recruit with us. He was the number 18 outside linebacker uh, in the country uh, uh, when he enrolled. So he's a guy that we thought was a good player. But when you're talking about a player of that magnitude and how much he really wanted to go to Notre Dame, I think it's pretty special that he's Notre Dame's uh, leader in tackles right now uh, uh, with 42 stops. He's just always around the football. He's been terrific. I think 
if you look at Cam Hart, he's probably the rankings anomaly. You know, when you look at uh, on Notre Dame's defense, their top five players uh, or, or most of the difference makers on their defense, J.D. Bertrand, four-star, Kyle Hamilton, five-star, Jason Adamalola was a top 100 recruit, Isaiah Foskey was a top top 247 recruit, Myron Tagovailoa, Asamoah was, was a four-star with us. If you look at Cam Hart, He's a guy that was terrific against Purdue, leads the team in interceptions. He was a high three-star out of only good counsel, which is a powerhouse program out east. And I think part of that ranking was uh, more he was projected as a receiver. But I do remember another another coach who was a defensive backs coach uh, uh, who's now coaching in the NFL, but he coached in college at the time. I should have listened to him more because he's like, Cam Hart's going to be a great defensive back in college. That's what we're recruiting him at. Um, but we ended up ranking him as a three-star receiver. And in hindsight, I wish we would have ranked him as a four-star DB because he sure as heck looks like a future pro. And he's already making a difference for Notre Dame. And they're going to need him today against Desmond Ritter, who's going to be the best quarterback that they face to date. Uh, last one from me, Steve. I, you know, I got to ask you about the Demarcus Freeman effect. I mean, everybody's all gaga over what he's been able to do on the defensive side of things with recruiting. And so I want to ask you about that. And then I also want to ask you, well, how does that translate necessarily? And obviously this is projection, but as him as a head coach, you know, as a dynamic recruiter. Well, to answer your first question, he's obviously an electric recruiter. You know, he, he is really good at forming relationships with kids and earning their trust and, and communicating a message of why Notre Dame is the right place for them. And, and, uh, he understands Notre Dame and that's part of the deal of being a good recruiter at Notre Dame is, you know, we've heard people in the past say the high academic standards would be a negative. I think he sells that as a positive because it absolutely is a positive because when you look at the, it is strict academics at Notre Dame, but then you also look over to the left column and see that Notre Dame graduates almost all of their football players that the academic supports off the charts. And it really prepares you to be the man, husband, father, you want to be down the road. Uh, I think that he is, taken that that challenge and, and made it a positive and, and really has sold kids on what Notre Dame can do for you beyond the football field. But then you rewind it back to the actual football field, because a lot of these young men that are making their college decisions, they want to play football at the highest level and they want to get drafted. Well, Notre Dame's doing that as well as anybody not named Alabama right now. And so Notre Dame's got a lot going for it on the trail, passionate fan base, over 80,000 fans a game, uh, TV ratings through the off the charts. If you look at the uh, ratings for last season, week in and week out, Notre Dame is one of the top two or three watched football games in college football. If not number one, you don't think that doesn't help with name image likeness. Do you know how much money Brady Quinn and Manti Teo would have made? <laughs> A name, image, likeness. Never mind guys like Jeff Smarja and Golden Tate, right. who, who would have made some some dough too, or Will Fuller. But Brady Quinn and, and, and Manti Teo, the they would have crushed name, image, likeness in their day, you know. And so, uh, uh, I think that Marcus Freeman knows how to sell all of that. Uh, but he's just uh, more than anything, he's a great communicator uh, with these kids and with their families, and and uh, um, just just uh, knows exactly. Uh, how to to uh, be eloquent in, in selling Notre Dame and show kids, hey, you can come here and achieve everything you want on and off the field. As far as being a head coach, obviously that's his ambition, right? And from a recruiting standpoint, I believe head coaches nowadays, the closer is kind of going by the wayside. 
and you need nine inning guys, guys that are, you know, Kirby Smart's recruiting guys for nine innings. Now they got a bunch of five stars visiting Athens today. And I would venture to say most of those guys think Kirby Smart's their lead recruiter. You know, I think that Marcus Freeman, when he's ultimately a head football coach, because he's going to be, he will be the guy that leads the charge. And, and you know what, Luke Fickle, He's coming into South Bend today, and he said something that really stood out to me when I went and visited Cincinnati a few years ago, uh, and I asked him about what he thought the head coach's role was as the recruiter on staff, and, and, and Coach Fickle said the head coach has to be the best recruiter on staff. It was that way when I was under Trestle. It was certainly that way when I was under Urban Meyer. And I'm, and I'm trying to make it that way when I'm the head coach at Cincinnati. And that was when he had Marcus Freeman on his staff and, and sure. Mike, Nick, wow. Mike Mickens is doing a terrific job uh, for Notre Dame. And uh, uh, Fickle did a great job recruiting at Ohio State as an assistant in Cincinnati. They've had the number one group of five recruiting class for, per 24-7 sports the last two years. They're working on it for a third year here. And, and so I think that that is, is the head coach's role. And it's not just – getting on the phone and calling kids, guys. Nick Saban watches more film than anybody based on just my uh, uh, my my own research that's maybe not uh, fully in the weeds of that. But I, talking to a lot of people, I don't know if there's a head coach that watches more film than Nick Saban. So he's, he's stamping the offers or getting into his assistants about traits they're looking for and, and, and making sure that they're offering the right guys. People are like, Hey, it's easy to recruit at Alabama. They get who they want. They got to take the right guys every year, though. You know, there's five-star busts year in and year out or guys that are overrated. But a lot of those five stars that go to Alabama, they get drafted. I think it's like 65 to 70% of the five stars that go to Alabama get drafted. I might have been been too low there. So um, I, I think that Marcus Freeman will be a guy that when he's a head football coach, to answer your question, He's not going to get outworked on the recruiting trail by any other head coach nationally or in his conference or whatever league he's coaching in at that time. But right now he's doing a great job at Notre Dame, taking the torch from Clark Lee. And, and, and really this Notre Dame, this Notre Dame class in 2022, particularly on the defensive side of the ball is as good as anybody in the country. They got difference makers, uh, Jalen Sneed, Junior Tui Lamaka, Joshua Burnham is going to be a star. Tyson Ford can play across the front. Aiden Gobert is another guy high, guy that can be a high upside pass rusher. Some really good players in the secondary like Jaden Mickey. Nolan Ziegler is another six foot four, two hundred plus potty type. Benjamin Morrison and Devin Moore is a sleeper of the class, six foot three hundred ninety pounds from Florida. Notre Dame is recruiting big, athletic, versatile guys on defense in this class, and and, and this. Uh, this defense in South Bend has a chance to be even better down the road than what it's been with some of these guys coming in, I think. Steve Wolfong from 24-7 Sports. How can people get more information? And also talk a few minutes about Wolfong's Whip Around podcast. Well, guys, if you're Notre Dame fans, which I assume most of you are, irishillustrated.com is where to be on the 24-7 Sports Network. That's notredame.247sports.com. Or just type in Irish Illustrated. You got Tim Priester over there. You got Tim O'Malley. You got the best recruiting guy in that beat in Tom Loy, who works tirelessly to bring you information on guys like five-star Walker Howard, who's visiting this weekend. And, and so uh, that's our Notre Dame outlet. I try and visit when I can, but those guys have Notre Dame covered so well. I'm just making spot appearances uh, on that website. And then Wilfong's Whip Around is just a, 
a weekly show I do talking about uh, topics in, in college football. Notre Dame was a, a big topic this week with the top 10 showdown with the Bearcats. Hey, guys. Mom. You're on mute. Mom. Mom. Hey, Tim, you're muted. Yep, there you, there you go. go. See, we appreciate you taking the time, and uh, we might catch up with you towards the end of the season and see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Wave the flag. Y'all enjoy South Bend today. It's going to be rocking. All right. That's Steve Wolfong from 24-7 Sports, and we'll be right back with former Notre Dame player Robert Blanton on 960 WSBT. This is Legacy Heating and Air Game Day with Tim Growl and Vince D'Addario on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. And of course, the Legacy Heating and Air Game Day show is brought to you by Legacy Heating and Air, your cooling and clean air specialist. Find them online at LegacyHeatingAndAirInc.com. Also brought to you by Edward Jones. Edward Jones making sense to investing. Contact Leo E. Premer in South Bend or Jim Hipsman in Mishawaka. By Fisher's Barbecue and Catering uh, at 213 East McKinley Avenue in Mishawaka for drive through carry out, or catering. Just look for the smoke. By Four Winds Casino, are you ready for your next escape? Experience the excitement at Four Winds Casinos with award-winning cuisine, the latest slots, variety of table games, including live poker. Four Winds Casinos, your entertainment escape. Must be 21 years or older. Please play responsibly. By Key Bank. Key Bank, open a smart uh, key Checking account today. KeyBank opens doors. For more info, key.com. KeyBank is member FDIC. By Mimos Pizza. Mimos on Edison and Mitchellwalker. If you like pizza, you'll love Mimos. Manja, manja. By Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill. Authentic Mexican served fresh daily. In the division in Mitchellwalker. MontereyMexican.com. And by South Bend Orthopedics. Team physicians for the University of Spain since 1949. Tim? Man, I'm having that problem today. You know, COVID brain. Just saying that you're out, you're out there in the field. Does the game start? And the game is uh, almost at halftime, believe it or not. Oh, well, Good guys are up one and nothing. Good guys are up one and nothing. They just scored. All right. Well, here's another good guy. Former Notre Dame player from 2008 to 2011. Played in 50 games, 26 in which he started. He amassed a total of 194 tackles, 19.5 for a loss. Two and a half sacks, 23 pass deflections, and eight interceptions, returning one for a touchdown. So that must have brought back memories when we saw them bring run those pick six back last week. So welcome to the show, Robert Blanton. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. So I'm going to start right off the bat, and we'll go backwards, whatever. But how are you as a fan watching a Notre Dame game? Tense? Do you analyze? Can you relax, enjoy it? Do you tell people to get out of the room? Do you throw the remote at the TV like some of our players have said? How are you no, for a fan? Uh, you know, it's crazy. I have so much love for uh, Notre Dame, and uh, I know a good amount of those coaches on the coaching staff, so I have so much love and respect for those guys. Um, I'm always hoping for the best for them. So I, I actually don't get too upset. As a as a player, I understand, um, especially some of those young guys, if, if a mistake happens, you know, none of those guys want that stuff to happen. So um, I'm, I'm not one throwing a remote controller at the TV. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. Every day I'm talking to people and letting them know Notre Dame's the best. Every day, every day, every day. So you came from Portland, Oregon. Yes, sir. So what brought you to Notre Dame? How did that all happen? Um, 
Well, I was I was originally heading to Virginia Tech, and then uh, Charlie told me to come up uh, before I uh, officially made my commitment to VT. And uh, when I got there, it was the most beautiful place I'd ever seen, and uh, the people there are amazing. And uh, you know, it's it's Notre Dame, man. So who 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 recruited you in particular? So Bill Lewis. I don't know if you guys remember old Bill, but Bill Lewis recruited me um, back in I guess two thousand six or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, long career, long career, right, Vince? Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. No doubt so about that. yeah. So when you um, arrived at Notre, Notre Dame, what time of year was it? Was it during the winter when it was cold? Oh, my or? gosh. It was crazy. So um, my parents drove me up there, oh, God, in like April. And, you know, I'm from North Carolina, the south, so it's usually pretty nice. And uh, we get up there and it's like snowing. And did you have the right <laughs> coat? No, I didn't. I just told you I'm from North Carolina. It's snowing. It's funny because the next day it was like it was like 70 degrees. One day it was snowing. The next day it was like 70 degrees, and I'm sitting out on a bench out in front of the uh, Google Miano at the Goog. The the phrase around South Bend area is, <laughs> "Oh yeah, changing weather. Just set, just stand around because it'll change." I think lately now it's been like 49 at night, and it gets up to 81 during the daytime. So big. Yeah, just crazy, man. So we're with Robert Blanton here on uh, 960 WSBT. The game day show. So, um, 26 games a starter. Tell me when you start. Did you start your junior year as a starter? Um, I had some sprinkled in there, um, yeah, between junior and then senior year. Yes, sir. Any outstanding uh, memories from that? Certain uh, every, game? Every, every game's a great memory, man. Um, you know, I was, I was fortunate enough to, to play uh, six years in the NFL, too, but, you know, um, some of my greatest memories, of course, are going to be in, in college and, and winning and uh, just celebrating with my teammates. You got to love those guys. So we'll ask you about pros, but let's ask about college first. Who's the person that was the hardest to tackle or or hit you the hardest? Um, Nobody. We're about <laughs> to lose out when I play, man. <laughs> you were just like, as all the deflections and interceptions you had, you were always flying to the ball. Oh, yeah. Um, when... Uh, Robert, let me let me ask, let me ask you this. Obviously, you you, uh, you went up against some pretty good offensive players uh, when you were at Notre Dame. Who who was the toughest matchup for you uh, when you were in practice? Yeah, I was gonna, I was actually going to say, you know, when I was there, we had I mean we had Golden Tate who won the Blitnikoff. Um, we had Mike Floyd, and then you also had Rudy and Tyler Eifert. I mean, I would say those we had the best offensive weapons wow. compared to any team we ever went against, right? So. I mean, practice was always fun and competitive competing against those guys. But once we got to game day, um, we already knew we had the upper hand. Do you stay in contact with those guys? Yeah, yeah. I actually, Well, Mike lives here in Minnesota with me, actually. So uh, I see Mike a few times over the summer here and, and uh, talk to him a good amount. So he's doing well. And then I talked talk to Harrison not too long ago. He's still with the Vikings here and just signed a big deal. So he's living the dream. Yeah, yeah, he did sign a big, <laughs> big deal. Um if you were playing nowadays, or give us your perspective on on the NIL, the name, image, and likeness that's going on now. Oh my gosh, I was t- I, I was actually telling uh, Floyd not too long ago. I was like, man, I'm about ten years too early. We could have made some <laughs> bank in that thing. So I'm excited for the, I'm excited for the players. Um, you know, I think you know, I think the first five years will be a feeding frenzy. You know, no one's gonna mm-hmm. really know how to regulate it or what to do around it. Um, 
So I think it'll be just kind of the wild, wild west here for the first five years or so. And then I think, uh, you know, things will kind of settle down and they'll, they'll kind of have a system for it. We were just had a recruiting expert on. And of course, that's one of the topics that um, young kids are asking at the school. You know, what kind of support do you have for the NIL and stuff? I, I, well, well, yeah. I mean, I'm sitting back wondering when Harvard's going to win the national championship now. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm, like Harvard, I'm like Harvard and Stanford got to win the national championship in the next couple of years here. You know, they should just be getting – they should be the main attractions of, of paying guys. And, and especially if you're out in California, just having that environment, having that network and connections to people out there in Silicon Valley and stuff. I mean, geez – how could Stanford not be great uh, if, if they utilize it the right way? Did you have a, um, a special team that you played against rivalry that got you more psyched up for than another? I mean, I think uh, anyone who knows me knows I hate Michigan. I almost beat up an eight-year-old for wearing a Michigan shirt. So, <laughs> <laughs> um. so what? Um, and I don't have the schedule in front of me. Did you guys play Michigan during your time there? Yeah, um, well, we had Michigan. I think we had them similar to where we played them every year up until um, I want to say the the last two, the last year or two um, mm-hmm. that that I was. Well, no, we played them the last year I was at Notre Dame too, I believe. So yeah, I think we were the last ones to kind of play them each year before they kind of uh, put a hold on that. And now they play Michigan every every few years now. So so were you able to fulfill your aggression by? In that in that game, did you have good games against them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I balled out against Michigan. Uh, my my hate for Michigan grew as I as I became to love Notre Dame more and more. You know, so I didn't typically just dislike Michigan. It just kind of grew into it as I as I went to uh, went to Notre Dame. So I wouldn't drink the water there. I wouldn't use the towels there. Or anything. You know, I don't do anything, <laughs> Michigan man. That's Robert Blanton, Tim Growl, Vincidero here. here with a former player in the 2008 to 2011 era. What do you think were some of the biggest changes for the Notre Dame program? Let's see, when you played, did they have the training table at that time? Oh yeah. Making all the changes, but you didn't have the indoor facility, the big giant one that's out there now. No, they, they, they knew that's newly built, man. That thing's gorgeous. We did have the, you know, the shared indoor facility track in the goo, the one that sits in the back. Um, and, uh, that's where men were made. Now they got the new, uh, pretty glitz and glam one, which is pretty cool. <laughs> hey, Robert, I want to, I want to ask you, uh, you know, there, there's some new blood in the defensive backfield for Notre Dame. I mean, Cam Hart's first year starter, uh, and you know, he's kind of coming into his own, had a big game, obviously against Wisconsin. What, what do you think is going through his head? Obviously as a, as a first year starter, and it seems like things are now starting to kind of click for him in game four. Yeah, I mean, as as a DB, I was you always tell people, man, you got to believe in yourself. So it's just you out there. Um, I'm sure, you know, before every game, everybody's got, you know, the pregame jitters. And t- but once the ball is snapped, once you get a player two into the game, all that stuff goes out the window. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure he's got the most confidence in himself, you know, and out there. having a great game against Wisconsin, that's all based on confidence, right? And um, being able to have the confidence in yourself to go jump routes, put yourself on the line to go make those plays. um, I mean, that's, that's a thing of beauty. Hey, Robert, we appreciate you taking the time to to join us. uh, And uh, we'll look about getting you back maybe another year and we'll have a little more time to spend with you. 
Yeah, sounds awesome. I appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. You got it. Go, go Irish. We'll be go right Irish, back baby. on game day. Yes, sir. <laughs> This is Legacy Heating and Air Game Day with Tim Grell and Vince D'Addario on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. And your Legacy Heating and Air Game Day show is, of course, brought to you by Legacy Heating and Air, your cooling and clean air specialists. Find them online at LegacyHeatingAndAirInc.com. By Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Contact Sean Stevens in South Bend or Bob Borlick in North Liberty. By Wings Etc. Grill and Pub with 14 Michiana area locations. Stop in today or order online at togo.wingsetc.com. By the Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center, OSMC, providing orthopedic care to Michiana since 1973. By Salsa's Mexican Grill, share good times and great food this football season at Salsa's Mexican Grill. By Imperial Furniture in Dewajak, where furniture shopping is fun. By Food Bank of Northern Indiana, Sherwood Tire. Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger by Lozier. Launch your career at Lozier. Apply today. Life at Lozier.com by Lechleitner Door. By Flags International on McKinley Avenue in Osceola. Celebrate with team flags, customized flags, banners, and more. By Martin Supermarkets, Pet Refuge, In Rug Company Studio and Gift Shop, Tim Growl State Farm Insurance, Zolman's Best Tire and Auto Care, serving you and your family for three generations. And Auto Value Auto Parts, your local Auto Value Auto Parts store, where service is the difference. We get it. Tim? Thanks, Vince. And now we turn to our weekly feature, the Key Bank Keys to the Game. Key Bank Smart Checking. We worked hard to make checking smarter. No maintenance fees, no minimum balances, 40,000 ATMs. Pretty smart. Open a Key Smart Checking account today. Key Bank opens doors. For more info, visit key.com. Key Bank is a member of FDIC. All right, let's get some perspective from the guy who's going to be back up in the booth, rather, or the press box, rather than down at a game attending with his son. So <laughs> let's have our football expert give us the keys, and let's start with in any order that you want to start. All right, well, yeah, I actually have to do work this week. I don't know what that's all about. But, uh, <laughs> so my, my number one key to this game is Notre Dame has – to keep the mojo that they had going at the end of the last game. I mean, the fourth quarter was absolutely unbelievable. Two pick sixes, interception. I mean, it was just it was unbelievable, right? They got to keep that mojo going into this week. And I think with uh, the little bit of chatter that we heard from Desmond Ritter about keeping the stadium silent, et cetera, I, that's just going to be fuel to the fire for Notre Dame. So I think they're going to be able to do that. Uh, my next key, they have to contain Desmond Ritter. Yeah, he probably shouldn't have said what he said, but he's a really good football player. And he's a dual threat. And Notre Dame has had issues with dual-threat quarterbacks yes, in the yeah. past. And so they're going to need to contain him, and, and it's going to take every level of the defense to do so. The front seven is going to have to get pressure on him. The DBs are going to have to do what they do to you know, give him less options, right? So uh, if they can contain Desmond Ritter, this is going to be a great day if you're an Irish fan for sure. Um, offensively, <clears throat> I think Notre Dame needs to establish the run game, some sort of a run game. They, they can't have a repeat performance of Wisconsin. Three yards rushing at Notre Dame, come on. that That's not going to win you a lot of football games, that's for sure. Uh, so they're going to have to do a better job of that. I, and I'm not expecting them to run for 200 yards, but they got to do better than three, right? So they got to find a happy medium <laughs> in there somewhere. That's uh, startling. Actually, that is such a startling figure. You almost like oh, people that aren't following yeah. Notre Dame probably looked at it and go, what? That's got to be wrong. Yeah, exactly. And they barely got over the, the, the zero mark toward the end of the yeah. game, right? So right. It, was, it was ugly. 
How much more time do we got, Tim? You got time. Go for it. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So my next one is you've got to put Cincinnati's defensive backs in a bind. And so what I mean by that is that the the Cincinnati defensive backfield is better than the Wisconsin defensive backfield. And while I still like Notre Dame one-on-one with some of these guys, I would rather them be going across the middle, get them moving, put them in motion, uh, you know, at the snap of the ball, get these guys some advantage going into the play as opposed to just, you know, one-on-one all the time. So, you know, let's see some stuff over the middle, some crossers. Let's see some reverses. Let's see some, uh, some jet sweeps, you know, things of that nature to keep those DBs in a bind, make them wrong is the key here. And then my, my final key and look, there's been a lot of talk about the quarterback position at Notre Dame and who's going to start and who's going to play and who's going to do this. Notre Dame has played three quarterbacks. All three have played well. And whoever it happens to be in the Cincinnati game is they have to play well and they have to bring it. This is a top 10 matchup. If you don't get good play from your quarterback, then you're probably not going to win the game. So whoever it is lining up behind center, the quarterback's got to bring it. And I, I think there's a good chance – we could see all three, like Pete Sampson said earlier in the first hour. There, there's a decent chance of that. So uh, let, let's see what happens. But the quarterback has to play well. You know, and I, I just read, and since I don't follow that closely, that at Wisconsin, he was under center the whole time. So now in the shotgun, he's got just like a learning experience, just like the old line's trying to work together. Is he's got to get more comfortable. Sure. Uh, then Brian Kelly said, you know, can't put all the blame on the offensive line that he's not getting the ball out soon enough. So what, what does that mean? He's not reading the defense properly or he, he's not, he's not feeling them coming in from the edges. We certainly get a lot of blocking from our running backs, but then, then they can't go out for receiving. Well, it's, it, it's kind of twofold, right? It's uh, is he not getting the ball out quick enough? Maybe. But at the same time, there weren't a whole lot of options for him to get the ball out quick. It was all vertical routes. And there needs to be, you know, some options for him to get the ball out quickly if he's getting pressure. Now, I will say that that Jack Cohn has gotten a little bit skittish. He's he's a little gun shy because Mm -hmm. he's gotten knocked around so much. He's 14 sacks or something like that? 19 times in four games. All right. 19 sacks in four games. Like, that's. That's a season. The, the team has 20, but he's fine with sacks, right? Yeah, exactly. So right. I understand that he's a little gun shy. doesn't want to get knocked around, but you kind of have to overcome that if you want to be a successful quarterback. And, and obviously you hope that the offensive line takes a step in the right direction as well. So how much do you think we're going to see? I mean, do you, you rate it as a high probability we're going to see all three play today or, or more high that we'll see Buckner and Cone like it was previously? I, I think the game plan going I, I, in is Buckner and Cone. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that's the game plan. But, you know, whether that comes to fruition or not, it depends on how, A, yep. Jack Cone plays, and B, the offensive line plays. Um, mm-hmm. if, he, if he struggles in the first half and if the, if the passing game struggles in the first half, you could very well see Drew Pine uh, right. come in. And I wouldn't be necessarily upset about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Drew Pine's a good player. And we've, we've been saying that since day one. Right. But uh, but Jack Cohn, we've seen what he can do. I mean, he had career highs across the board against Florida State, and he can do that. He just needs to not be as gun shy uh, as he has become the last two games. I guess we'll also see, you know, how his ankles are when he gets out there. It's one thing absolutely to be practicing. Yeah, and- practicing. He probably had a red shirt on, so nobody was touching him. But to get out there, you know what? I think absolutely. you and I talked before. Breaks are sometimes better than sprains. They just don't heal very fast. 
Well, and that and that's the thing. It's it, we don't know if he's a hundred percent. You know, mm-hmm. obviously Brian Kelly's not going to give that information. He wants Cincinnati to prepare for three different quarterbacks. So right. you know what what is it going to look like? We, we don't. Jack Cohn may not even be available. Uh, and if that's the case, it'll be Drew Pine, and it'll be the same playbook, and there'll be a package for Tyler Buckner, and they'll go from there. So um, that's going to be obviously the first thing we all look for uh, when we get to the stadium is uh, who's taking those first team snaps. You got it. Well, those are the key bank keys to the game. Key bank. Cash credit card, up to 2% back for those of who like cash and getting it back. Earn up to 2% cash back on purchases with the Key Cash Back credit card. Key Bank opens doors. For more info, visit key.com slash cashback. Key Bank is a member FDIC. We'll be right back to close the show. This is Legacy Heating and Air Game Day with Tim Growl and Vince D'Addario on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. And our Legacy Heating and Air Game Day show is brought to you by Legacy Heating and Air, your cooling and clean air specialist. Find them online at LegacyHeatingAndAirInc.com. And we're also brought to you by Edward Jones. Edward Jones making sense of investing. Contact Matt Wilson in South Bend or Pablo Rodriguez in Granger. Tim? Oh, let me ask you a question here since we've been talking about um, players going to the NFL and Notre Dame success in that. So how many players do you think as of September 8th were on either an active or reserve roster or practice squad in the NFL, Notre Dame players? No, I, I hope you have the number in front of you. Uh, I do. I want to see how close you're going to come. <laughs> I, I want to say it's somewhere around like 42, 43. That oh, right? my goodness gracious. You, you're acting like you didn't know the answer. <laughs> 44. 44. Uh, yeah. I was close. I was yeah. close. Who, who maybe surprises you of all these players that are out there that – either is still around or, or just made a roster? Uh, you know, that's a really good question. I, it, it's very impressive what these, what these guys are being able Isn't it to though? do. I mean, I, the, the sustainability, right? I mean, you don't yeah. get 44 guys in the NFL without sustained success and, and continued success. Right. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, and just continuing to hone your craft. Right. I, right. I think Chase Claypool said it best when uh, he, he, he goes to the Steelers and he goes to a mini camp and he's like, man, He's like, uh, I've learned so much about being a receiver. He said, uh, if I'd have known this stuff, I'd have been a beast in college. Uh, you were a beast in college. Uh, <laughs> so, and he's he's balling out against you know with the Steelers. So, um, it's just it's so impressive. And there's so many great offensive linemen and tight ends, and you know the things that Notre Dame are is known for, right? Sending guys right. to the NFL, and uh, it, it's so much fun to watch because you can almost uh, watch any NFL team and know that there's a, probably a Notre Dame player somehow involved with that squad. Yeah, and I, before the next show, I'm going to go down here and analyze this a little more because I'd like to know which position seems to be the most. My guess would be O-line and then, um, I don't know. There, 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 there's a lot of tight ends and there's a lot of defensive yeah. line. So there's a lot, of, right. a lot of the trenches. Skills, we have no quarterback in there at all. Uh, no, no, just, no quarterbacks. And just a few running backs are holding on. And stuff. But yeah, that, that the, is... the running back position is tough, though. It has changed a lot over the last decade or so. That running backs are so expendable uh, anymore. You know, you don't see the guys with the real longevity at running back. Uh, you know, like you used to. Right. Um, Tommy Tremble, he had a good week last week. Ran, ran one yeah, in from the tight end positions and also caught a touchdown pass too, I believe. Yeah, he uh, he had a heck of a day. Um, it's kind of a coming out party for him, which was fantastic. Yeah, you, you know. 
he he didn't get as much notoriety. Everybody just kind of looked at him as the uh, the uh, blocking tight end. But we knew he could catch. But towards the end of his career, he really wasn't getting very many passes thrown to him. He needed to stay back in protection mode, right? Yeah, which was uh, which was a shame because he was a heck of a receiver uh, as well. They just refused to use him in that manner, and obviously he excelled in what they asked him to do, which was blocking. But uh, I think he could have made a real impact catching the ball, and now he's doing that in the NFL. Give us that score again before we close it out. Well, this is the one I'm least confident about so far this season. So um, I, I'll tell you what, I almost had the Wisconsin score down to a science until they had all those turnovers in the fourth <laughs> quarter. Um, but, you know, if, ifs and buts, right? Um, for this one, I just don't see Cincinnati scoring a bunch of points. So I've got Notre Dame winning 28-24. Yeah, if it's a high-scoring game, Notre Dame loses. Notre Dame keeps, needs a defense seat to keep them in check a little bit. Yeah, they, they absolutely need to keep them in check, and I think this defense does. If they score three touchdowns on this defense, I'll be shocked. Please tune in next week at 2 p.m. as Notre Dame heads to the Virginia Tech Hokies for another challenging game. For Vince D'Addario, this is Tim Growl. We wish you a safe and beautiful day. Thank you for listening to the Legacy Heating and Air Game Day show on your home for Fighting Irish football, Sports Radio, 960 AM, WSBT, South Bend. Go Irish. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 